Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. All right, grab your Bible and go with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter number 13. The book of Matthew, chapter number 13. And while you're turning there, Hope Unlimited, make our first-time guest welcome this morning and tell them that we're so glad they're here. And if you are a first-time guest, uh, on the way in, you received a our Connect card. And that information guide, that Connect card, it's the blue card. So if you'd grab that card, fill it out, and drop it off at Guest Central on your way out. You'll see the tables out there by the front doors. Drop it off at Guest Central on your way out. We've got a gift we'd like to bless you with. We're not going to call you. We're not going to email you. We're not going to ask you, you know, where you at. We're not going to do anything like that. It's just our way of knowing that you came. Drop that off. Fill that out. Drop it off. And we got a gift we want to bless you with. We've got movie tickets out there. We've got Starbucks gift cards out there. I mean, come on, somebody. So drop that off on your way out. We're so glad you're here. And for the people, I have people reaching out to me saying, how can I get connected to Hope Unlimited Church? How can I get plugged in? I want to hear more about the mission. I want to hear more about the vision. I want to hear about how you're structured. I want to hear about how you believe. I want to get plugged in. I want to be a part of a team. The next step you need to take is you need to go through our Next Steps course. Our Next Steps course, it lasts for one Sunday, and we'll have refreshments for you. We'll have child care for you. And that's going to be relaunching next month in September, our Next Steps course. Now, we're doing something a little bit different. Before we do our Next Steps course, we're going to have a welcome dinner where we cater food and you just come and we hang out and you get to meet some of our leadership. We'll answer any questions you may have. We'll share the heart of the church, the vision of the church, and we'll talk about some next steps after that. So if you're interested in coming to that welcome dinner, I mean, after all, it's free food. Hallelujah. I'll be there and I'm already a member of the church. I was looking through our uh, members database the other day and everybody that's a member of our church, we've taken them through next steps. And I was looking at all the names and then it dawned on me. My wife, wave at everybody, sweetie, that's my wife. She's never become a member of the church. She's never been through next steps. And uh, she's normally wrangling our three kids and taking care of things at home. And so hopefully she'll get to make it and come through, become through next steps and become a vital member of Hope Unlimited and plug in. Uh, but if you want to do that, you can sign up as well for that dinner at Guest Central on your way out. And the next, the, the, the last thing I want to share with you, very, very important, is small groups launches in September. And I'm so excited about this semester of small groups. We've got some brand new leaders, some brand new uh, groups, some brand new curriculums. So we're doing some stuff that doesn't even have a curriculum. We're just getting together and loving, loving God and loving each other. So if you want to be a part of that, you will hear more about that as it gets closer to time. But that's going to be launching at the very first part of September. And we want to challenge everybody to get plugged in. Amen. And amen and amen. All right. Matthew's gospel, chapter number 13. And uh, I, f I felt bad last week because I felt like I came off a little too, uh, a little too harsh. Maybe came down a little too hard. And then everybody was like, bring it. So I'm like, you asked for it. And here we go. Matthew's gospel, chapter number 13, verse number one. We're going to read several verses, actually. So if you hadn't read your Bible in a couple of weeks, this will help get you caught up. Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, verse number one, records words along these lines. Now, remember, I'm not going to preach to a quiet church. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to create a culture in this church where people make a demand on the spirit of God and on the word of God. 
Amen. I'm going to do it. It might just be me and four other people left, but I'm going to create a culture where people make a demand on the word of God. Like the woman with the issue of blood pressing through till she got what she needed. We're going to create a culture where people make a demand on the word of God. I've had enough of coming into church and being entertained. I don't want to come to church to be entertained. I'll watch Netflix if I want to be entertained. I come to church because I want to hear a word from God that will take me from where I am to where God's called me to be. Can I get a witness from somebody? All right. So Matthew's gospel, chapter number 13, verse number one records these words. The same day went Jesus out of the house and he sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered unto him so that he went into a ship and he sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables. Everybody shout parables. Shout parables saying, don't you love that when the acoustics in here kill everything's like parables. <laughs> he spake to them in parables saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. The fowls came, devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they did not have much earth and forthwith they sprang up and, but, and because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why are you talking to us in parables? We don't know if you know this or not, Jesus, but nobody knows what you are talking about. We are absolutely confused. You are an enigma wrapped up in a mystery, and you are talking to us in parables. Why are you talking to these people in parables? Listen to his response. Because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more in abundance. But whosoever does not have, from him shall be taken away even that that he does have. Therefore, that's why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and you shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. There goes your idea of Jesus being a good motivational speaker. The heart of this people has waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and should be converted and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, to hear those things which you've heard and they have not heard them. Verse 18, I'm almost done. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, hear you therefore the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, everybody say kingdom. The word of the kingdom. When anybody hears the word of the kingdom of God and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that that was sown in his heart. This is he that receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and with joy he receives it. 
but it does not take root down on the inside of him, so it only lasts for a little while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he is offended. Come on, somebody. He also that receives seed among thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it and also bears fruit and brings forth some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Jump all the way back up to verse number 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and he doesn't understand it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and he doesn't understand it, I have found myself in an interesting place and found us as an interesting place in in the church because, um, or Hope Unlimited Church, because I feel like the assignment that we are tasked with right now is we are busy laying a foundation of kingdom understanding. Jesus did not come preaching the gospel of the American church. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And our version of church and his gospel of the kingdom are radically different. Hallelujah. He said, I came to preach the kingdom of God. So we are busy laying a foundation of kingdom understanding that we can build on. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, what are you doing in Knoxville? What are you doing up there? How's it going? I said, what am I doing? I'm changing mindsets. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to lay a foundation of kingdom understanding that we can build something on that will last. All right, right. I don't want to build a church that's built on how hot our coffee is and how soft our donuts are. I want to lay a foundation of kingdom understanding. And when you lay foundation, that's hard work. Nobody sees that. It's not sexy, but it's what you have to do if you want to build something that lasts. So we're laying a foundation of kingdom understanding, not of the American church understanding, of kingdom understanding, because American church mentality is you church hop and you pastor shop. See, this is, come on, Hope Unlimited. We church hop and we pastor shop. The way of the kingdom is you get planted in the house and you serve till God tells you to go somewhere else, right? There's so many things about the kingdom. I've not even had the opportunity to take this church there yet. I've not even had the opportunity to go there yet. Jesus said all through the New Testament, all through the gospels, he would say things like this. I've got so many things to say to you, but you ain't ready yet. You ain't ready yet. I got to build you up. I got to lay some foundation and I've got to do this a little bit at a time. That's why he said the kingdom of God is like when a man goes and sows seed in the field and the seed springs up. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. And there's some things that God's taking us toward, but before we get there, we've got to wrap our eye, our, our arms and our thinking and our understanding around this, the kingdom of God. God cannot do new things through old minds. I said, God cannot do new things through old minds. He will not. God loves us too much to drop the full revelation of his kingdom on us when we are unprepared. That's why he said, I'm not going to put new wine into old bottles. 
So God in his mercy will give the bottle some time to become a little bit more flexible and a little bit more prepared and a little bit more ready to hear the word of the kingdom of God. He cannot do new things through old minds. And it's been interesting. So I've been living in Knoxville for about a year. And when you talk to people about the kingdom of God, you look, they look at you like you're speaking Latin. Like the what? All I know is, is I'm a greeter. And that's awesome. We need greeters. But Jesus did not die to make you a greeter. Jesus died so you could get inside the kingdom of God and not just get your heart inside the kingdom to get your entire life inside the kingdom. We got to get our money inside the kingdom. We got to get our minds, our thinking inside the kingdom. We got to get our mouths inside the kingdom. We've got to get our marriages inside the kingdom. Every part of who we are has got to be done according to God's way. Y'all making a brother work hard. Right. We need to take these chairs out and put those old, nasty Cedar Bluff Middle School folding chairs back in here so people ain't comfortable. Everybody's like, preach, glory to God, preach. Laying a foundation of kingdom understanding. Kingdom understanding. When the kingdom comes, it offends. When the kingdom comes, it violates our good southern upbringing. When the kingdom comes, it violates our motivational speeches that we pawn off as sermons. <laughs> Y'all told me to bring it, so here we are. The kingdom of God. Jesus was interesting. He, he, he came preaching the kingdom of God. He came preaching, declaring things about the kingdom of God. And he, when you ever read his, his, his teachings, Jesus was the world's greatest communicator, no doubt, but he's very difficult to understand because he would say things like this. The kingdom of God is as a grain of mustard seed that when it gets planted, it is the least among seeds. But when it gets planted, it becomes the greatest among herbs so that the fowls of the air lodge in it. Yeah. Amen, Jesus. The kingdom of God is like a woman who lost a coin and went and swept the whole house till she found it. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I used to, I used to wrestle with this. Why? If, if you come preaching the kingdom, why do you, why do you shroud it in mystery? Why do you shroud it in parables? And then it dawned on me, it dawned on me, the reason the kingdom, the reason the revelation of the kingdom is always wrapped up in a mystery is because the kingdom cannot be understood with carnal understanding. It has to be understood by revelation. It has to be understood by revelation. That's why he would say things like this. Repent, change your mind, because the kingdom of heaven is within your reach. And the thing that's keeping you out of the kingdom is your mind. It is the way you think. It is the patterns that you've adopted. It's this thing that we've taught you that living for God's supposed to look like when really there's an entire life inside the kingdom that's just on the outside of your reach. If, if you can repent blessed here's my here's my version of the beatitudes blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken right? not going to put new wine into old bottles this is what he's saying there's things i want to get to you there's things i want to get through you there is blessing there's abundance there's power there's anointing some of you've never heard those words it's fine there's blessing there's anointing there's abundance there's power there's peace there's joy there's love there's gentleness there's kindness there's meekness there's all of these kingdom ideas i want to get through you but before i do you gotta repent and change the way that you think 
because the kingdom is always wrapped up in a mystery and it has to be revealed by revelation, not by carnal understanding. Now, when we read the parable in Matthew 13, y'all with me this morning? Y'all with me this morning? When we read the parable in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 13, all through the New Testament, let me give you a little Bible interpretation lesson real fast. All through the New Testament, especially the gospels, there are four separate gospels, as you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I used to add a fifth one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Braveheart, the movie, but that's very much beside the point, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there is a law in the scripture called the law of emphasis. Whenever God emphasizes something, it's because he is trying to drive home the point. Okay. So there will be times in the gospels where he would say, verily I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit, right? It's one level of mm, emphasis. And then there would be other times where he would take it to the second degree of emphasis. He wouldn't say, verily I say to you. What would he say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, why do you persecute me? Abraham, Martha, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Abraham, Abraham, why, are you getting what I'm saying? There is a law of emphasis. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He is, he, is, he is emphasizing, it is the law of emphasis. When he repeats himself, he is driving home the point. The highest level of emphasis in the scripture is not when he emphasizes it twice, it's when he emphasizes it three times. Wow. Yeah. Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. That's why the angels are flying around heaven and they're not saying you are holy. They're not saying you are holy, holy. They're saying you are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. They are separate. They are saying we are emphasizing this to the highest possible degree that scripture will allow us. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy, Lord God Almighty. Isn't it interesting that the angels are not flying around heaven saying you are good, good, good. They're not flying around heaven saying you are love, love, love. They're flying around heaven saying you are holy, holy, holy. The very part of God that we like to talk about the least is the very part of God that's most captivating to the angels. We like to talk about he's grace, grace, grace. I need somebody. Help me out. I can see, bro. But the angels say, he's holy, holy, holy Lord. You want to tell you what's interesting about the word holy? This is a little rabbit trail. You want to tell you what's very interesting about the word holy? Is that is the one word that we reserve for God. We say things all the time like this, God's awesome. And then I'll ask you, how was your burrito at Chipotle? It was awesome. God's amazing. What do you think about the Alabama Crimson Tide football team? They're amazing. I had to slide that in there, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, go Big Orange. By faith, go big orange. (laughs) I just, yeah, all right. We won't see y'all again, so. (laughs) But there's nothing else in your life that you call holy except him. (laughs) You ain't never said a cheeseburger was holy, but you said he is holy. And that is the one, and the angels are emphasizing it to the highest degree that scripture will allow. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy. You read all of the parables of Jesus throughout the gospels and out of it, he preached some 30 something parables and only eight of them are repeated twice. Only a handful out of those eight are repeated three times because he is emphasizing it to the highest degree possible. Does that make sense to you? 
Does that make sense to you? That's, that's, not, that's not super nerd level, right? That's the highest degree of emphasis. One of the parables that he emphasizes every single time is what we have always called for years the parable of the sower, when really it has nothing to do with the sower. It has everything to do with the soil. The point of the story is not about the person throwing the seed. The point of the story is the condition of the heart that's receiving the seed. He actually said when he reiterates this story in Mark and then he reiterates it in Luke, he emphasizes it three times. When he reiterates this parable in Mark and Luke, he says this. He said, if you cannot understand this parable, how are you going to understand everything else I have to say to you? That's why the parable is so important. He's saying, if you don't sink your teeth into what I'm trying to teach you out of the soil, the soil and the sower, you, the rest of everything else I have to teach you about the kingdom will be a complete mystery. Okay? You with me so far? He's saying there's something locked up in this revelation that serves as the master key that unlocks everything else God wants to say to us. It's kind of a big deal. Okay? And then he goes on and teaches the parable and he says this. He's telling him, I preach the kingdom. And one person hears it this way. Another person hears it this way. Another person hears it this way. Another person hears it this way. This is the reality about, about people. This is the reality. Whenever God speaks to us, whenever other people speak to us, we really all hear what we want to hear. I mean, I know we like to think of ourselves as objective people that's not emotionally involved and we're always making rational decisions, okay? But let's be honest. We all hear what we want to hear. For example, when my wife gets dressed in the morning, who is the most beautiful creature that God's ever created, in my opinion, she sets me up for failure when she says this, does this dress make me look fat? At that moment, I'm faced with a decision. I don't think the dress makes her look fat. If I say no, the dress does not make you look fat. Liar! If I were to say, yeah, the dress would make you, the dress makes you look fat, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here anymore. Right? Because we all hear what we want to hear. I had a good buddy one time, bless his heart. He was an awesome guy. I loved him. He's a dear friend of mine still to this day. And, uh, he took interest in this girl that was a part of our ministry. And I'm going to be real nice about it. The brother was batting out of his league. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? The brother had, he was swinging for the fence. And his theory was, his theory was when it comes to girls, he always swings for the fence because he's only got to make contact once, Al. Right. So he was swinging for the fence. And I was trying to tell him, man, I love you, and you got a call of God on your life, but that's not ever going to happen. I'm going to love you enough that you will quit putting on that brute aftershave and Old Spice cologne and trying to show off in front of this young lady. It's never going to happen, and it never happened. However... I remember he called me over to his house one night. They were, we were at a church service together. He called me over to his house. He was so excited. He called me on the phone. I was at my house. He called me on the phone. He said, Doss, get over here. Hung the phone up. I was like, 
okay. All right. Get in my car, I drive to the house. I walk in, he's sitting at the table. He's eating food. His smile, oh, he smiles so big, all his teeth going to fall out. He's just smiling. He's like, this girl that he had taken interest in had gotten into this health food kick. And she made a bunch of food and they went to church together and not together. They were at the same church. They would never go to church together. And she had food left over and she was handing it out to people, just random people because she had so much food left over. He happened to be in the line and she handed him a Tupperware bowl full of food. Okay. When I walk in the door, this is what he says. You ain't going to believe who made this for me. I said, what? He said, you ain't going to believe who made this for me. I said, who? And he told, me, he told me your name. I said, really? He's like, well, yeah, she had a bunch of food she was handing out, but, but tell me this don't mean something. He was hearing what he wanted to hear. And that's what happens when, when the kingdom of God gets preached, it, we really hear what we want to hear. When the kingdom of God gets preached, it exposes who we are, not what the kingdom is. So when people start preaching on the kingdom of God and money, we can either interpret it as he's talking about tithing and me walking in blessing, or we can interpret it as he is greedy and they're just after my money. We really all hear what we want to hear when we preach on the kingdom and honor I've not even got to that revelation yet when we preach on the kingdom and honor we will either hear they are talking about how the kingdom operates or we will say they are on an ego trip and they need everybody to fawn over them we really all hear what we want to hear it's not that the word of the kingdom has the issue it's that the word of the kingdom exposes who we already are are y'all with me this morning? Dear God, y'all with me this morning? The word of the kingdom already exposes who we are. It's how we react when we first hear the word of the kingdom. It's Jesus looking at the rich young ruler and saying, sell all you have and follow me. And he goes away sorrowful. There wasn't a problem with the word. There was a problem with his heart. It wasn't right. It wasn't ready to hear the kingdom of God. It wasn't ready to hear the kingdom of God. It wasn't ready to hear. That's why I'm trying to do this slowly. Right, trying to trying to trying to steer trying to steer a church into the kingdom without throwing everybody off, right? Like the, the, just, the, just the concept of the kingdom of God in honor. Honor honor is the atmosphere in which the kingdom lives and moves and breathes, and the kingdom can never live in an atmosphere of disrespect. I'm trying. I'm going to create an amen section. I'm just going to preach to them. I'll make everybody sit together. Right? The kingdom cannot function inside an, inside an atmosphere of disrespect. When I was growing up, we didn't view preachers as hired guns to entertain us for 25 minutes and read a funny email and three points that rhyme and end it with a poem and send us home. We honored preachers as men of God that had a word of God in their mouth for us and our family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that, y'all ain't ready for that. No, y'all ain't ready for that. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We all hear what we want to hear. This is what Jesus said. He said, Master, why are you speaking to them in parables? He said, it's given to you to know what I'm saying. But to them, it is not given. This is why. Because their hearts 
have waxed gross. This is what he's saying. The thing that separates those that can hear from those that cannot hear the message of the kingdom is their heart. He said, it has nothing to do with what I'm teaching. It has everything to do with, are their hearts ready to handle what I'm teaching? The kingdom of God is not offensive. To, let, me say, let me say it this way. You know the only people that get offended at preaching on tithing? The people not tithing. All the tithers say, my God, preach it. That's exactly right. There's abundance and blessing coming. Come on, somebody. You know who gets offended at the preaching of honor? People that are rebellious and have bad attitudes. But the people that are really submitted to a house, they say, preach what comes. Preach them. Tell me what happens when I walk in honor because I want the blessing of God on my life. It has nothing to do with the word of the kingdom. It has everything to do with the soil that it's landing on. His word is only limited by our hearts. His word's only limited by our hearts. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Y'all got to help a brother out. I'm about to preach my voice out. Y'all got to help a brother out. The word of God is only limited by the condition of our hearts. That's why Paul would say things in the Corinthian church. He said, I've got meat to give you. You ain't ready yet. I've got some meat to give you, but I'm still having to give you the milk and grow you up and make sure you're prepared to handle what God really wants to say because the kingdom of God flies in the face of everything that our southeastern United States version of Christianity calls church. I, I, I don't want you to leave. I'm trying not to, I don't want to come off mean-spirited. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the church. I love the church. I burn for the church. What I'm challenging is, is our definition of it. Right? I'm challenging our definition of it. I'm challenging the definition of it that says people are automatically consumers, so just create a consumer mentality. Don't put any kind of demand on people. Don't preach too hard. Don't preach too long. Don't sweat too much. Don't be too loud. What in God's name are we talking about? Where is that in the New Testament? The people in the book of Acts, church, they got so out of control, everybody thought they are absolutely drunk. They are inebriated. They can't even stand up. They can't even stand up straight. That's the kind of church that I want to plant in Knoxville. Amen? Amen. And I've learned this too. I've learned there are hungry people all over this city. Oh, hallelujah. I said there are hungry people all over this city. There are people that say, you know what? Thank God for church. Thank God for what's been going on. But I know there's something deeper. I know there's a life that I could be living. I know there's a fire that could be burning down in my bones. I'm tired of living this Christian life up one day and down the next and up one day and down the next. And one day I've got victory. And one day I don't know. And one day I'm doing this. And one day I'm doing that. I want the fire of God burning in my belly. I want to get inside the kingdom of God. Somebody sent me an Instagram uh, question last night. They sent me a question on Instagram. It got totally out of control. But they sent me a question on Instagram, and they said, was there ever a period of your life where you were a lukewarm Christian, and then how did you solve that? I said, yes. When I was a teenager, when I was about 14, I was a lukewarm Christian. How did I solve it? I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Problem solved. We don't even tell people about the Holy Ghost anymore. Kidding me? We can't do this without the baptism in the Holy Ghost. He said when Jesus comes, he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And he'll baptize you in fire. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Become unhinged. That's what happens when we have leaders that download their sermons off the internet. Instead of getting the book and get before God. I'm telling you, well, all right. See, I don't, I don't want to come off, I don't want to come off hateful or mean-spirited. I don't, I don't. I, I want to tell a city there's more. Oh, God, there's more. There's some stuff in this book that we're not living that's available, and it's not going to happen because we decided to join the usher team. It's going to happen because we got serious about serving God for real. Where are Peter's shadows healing the sick and cleansing the leper? Here's a term you don't hear in church anymore, casting out devils. Where's that at? There's people hungry, man, I'm telling you. It might not be everybody, and that's fine. And then, then that's fine. And, 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 and I'm not, I, that's fine, but there's some hungry people, and I believe I'm in here with some. So he says, you cannot, well, he said, what is keeping you from hearing the kingdom is where's your heart? Because when your heart is prepared and the message of the kingdom comes, your Bible said it'll get down in that good ground. It'll bring forth fruit. He said, but before that, this is a very offensive parable if you think about it. Because Jesus is saying, if you preach to 100 people, about 25 of them is going to get it. The other three, the other 75, the other three quarters of the group, this is what Jesus said. So the other three quarters of the group, well, God bless them. That's what he said. Jesus, Jesus would have been the figure that our modern church growth movement completely ran away from. Don't do anything like that guy. Because when his church got too big, he would split it on purpose. There's 5,000 people following me now. I need to fix this. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, get out of my face. Well, there they go. That's, solve that problem. That's, you hear what I'm saying? Yes. He said, what, what's keeping you from being able to hear or not hear is where's your heart? He said, because they are, there's some stony ground. There are, there's some by the wayside that when they hear it, they don't understand it. So the enemy comes and devours it up. It's the people who, who, can't, who can't even receive. We have, we, have so, we have so steeped people in cultural Christianity that being a Christian has become a culture now. I mean, it's just a cultural thing. It's like a habit. It's just like part of what you do in the South. You, you're a Christian? Sure. Why not? All my friends are. And I go to the FCA on campus, so yeah, of course. And so he said, when, when seed gets sown by the wayside, they can't hear it. So the enemy comes and devours it up. It goes something like this. Somebody stands up and preaches on honor. Somebody stands up and preaches on money. And seed by the wayside responds this way. Can you believe that preacher? <laughs> Can he, who, who does he, the, the, the audacity. 
the audacity for him to tell me that I need to give God 10% of my money. God wasn't down there working that job. It was me working that job. The Talking about honoring people, are you absolutely kidding me? Does he know who my boss is? Does he know what kind of a devil that Pharaoh let my people go? Does he know? Does he know what kind of... So, see, someone by the wayside. Who can't, <laughs> who can't hear it? Everybody's like, well, dang, that's what I was thinking. Why are you saying all this? <laughs> Files come to fire it up. Then he said there's some more seed that gets sown on stony ground. That they hear the word, watch, watch. And with joy, they receive it. Meaning, when they hear preaching about the kingdom, there's an emotional response. Yeah, tell it, man of God, Preach. <laughs> oh, he's talking good this morning. Oh, he's talking good. You better say it. You better say it. Oh, man of God on fire today. Holla back. Oh, you better preach it. But the Bible says it doesn't take any root on the inside of them. And so when tribulation and testing comes, by and by they are offended and the word withers away. Yeah. It's when somebody says, you got to honor who God sets over you. And everybody says, oh, that's good. And then they tell you to do something you don't like. And you say, that was a jacked up revelation to begin with. I never believed it. It didn't take any root in there. Oh, my God. It's when somebody says, when we preach on kingdom finance and giving and getting your money in alignment with God. And you say, oh, that's good stuff. And then you tithe for two weeks and you lose your job. Do you keep doing it? Or when testing comes, does the word dry up and wither away? You hearing what I'm saying? Because anybody can do anything for a little while. Anybody can do anything for a little while. Anybody can love their wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. If you think she's going to start submitting. But what are you doing? God's still working on her. Does the word take root in you? And you say, this is how I'm going to treat her because this is how God tells me to treat her, period. I don't care what she's giving me to respond to. I'm not responding to her. I'm responding to that Bible. And that Bible told me to love her as Christ loved the church and lay down my life for her. Or does testing come and the word withers away? You ever, you ever, made, a, you ever made a decision? Because we probably got a bunch of Dave Ramseyers in here. And I'm a Dave Ramsey. I, love, I, I overdose on Dave. Love Dave. You ever, had, you ever made a decision? I'm getting out of debt. I'm coming out. Right? Coming out of Egypt. Do you know what will happen tomorrow? The car's going to break. And you got a thousand dollars in the emergency fund, and the repairs twelve hundred bucks, but you got that credit card because the word came, but it didn't take root. And when testing came, it withered away. Then he said, "There's people that get sown among thorns." I don't have time to talk about that. And then he said, "Finally, there's a fourth. There's a fourth group. There's a fourth group that when they hear the word and they understand it, he said it brings forth fruit in their life. Some thirty. Some 60, some 100. Why 30, 60, 100? Because the revelation of the kingdom has to grow in you, right? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. 
outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Feast of Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. I ain't got time to talk about progressive revelation. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. He's saying this kingdom understanding will continue to grow on the inside of you. It will continue to expand on the inside of you. But it will only happen when your heart is ready for it. It's ready for it. There's something. You know, this is interesting to me. I believe God is often trying to get things through us. And he's trying to get things to us. And he's having to work around us. He's having to work around our stuff. He would look at us and say, I'm trying to bless you. If you would not be so dead gum stubborn. If you would shut up. If you would crucify your pride. And submit to this book. There's some stuff I could give you. I'm not talking to you about money because I need your money. He's saying, I'm talking to you about money because if you'll do it my way, you'll have more money than you've ever had. I'm not trying to talk to you about honor because I need people to feel a certain way. I'm trying to talk to you about honor because if you can honor people, an authority will come on you. If you can get under authority, then you can stand in authority. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get through your stuff. I'm trying to get through all of our stuff. I can't do a new thing in an old mind. I'm trying to wade through our, our crazy ideas and our, and our pride and our, and our will and our way. And God, give it to me like this. And God, give it to me like that. And God just goes, I'm trying to get everything I've promised for you. I'm trying to get it to you in spite of you. You ever had God bless you in spite of you? No, no, that was a Sunday morning answer. Let's think for just 30 seconds and let me ask you again. Have you ever had God bless you in spite of you? (laughs) Just look over at your wife and then think, have I ever had God bless me in spite of me? Hallelujah. See what that was, fellas? That's called points. The man knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. Let me tell you the secret to marriage. Ask her what she wants and then do that. And the women said, amen. All the single women said, preach. When Jesus teaches these parables and two of the other parables, when he teaches the parable of the soil, he says this phrase. He says two phrases, actually. You guys, come on up. We'll come on up. He says two things. The whole whole team, come on up. He says, he teaches this parable. Then he says this. He says, take heed. Listen, listen. He's teaching the parable of the sower. And he says, take heed what you hear. Then he teaches it again in Mark. And he says, take heed how you hear. He's saying, when I teach the kingdom, make sure you're able to hear what I'm saying. And let, this is what he says, and let these sayings sink down into your ears. He's saying, when the message of the kingdom comes, even though your mind doesn't get all of it, you got to let it get down in your spirit you got to let it get down.
down in your heart. And you got to say, I don't understand all of the reasons why, and I don't understand everything about it, but I've got to bring my life into alignment with the kingdom of God. You hearing what I'm saying? Stand upon your feet. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Will. Begin to play if you would. Bring that down just a touch. Thank you. He said, if you can't get this, everything else I try to say, you're going to miss. He said, so this is the lesson I want you to get. This is what I want you to wrap your mind around. This parable is not about what the sower is throwing. This parable is about the condition of the soil to receive. Because the sower is throwing the same message, the message of the kingdom. And he's saying people react to it in different ways. People respond to the kingdom in different ways. Some don't understand it. Some disagree with it. Some rebel against it. Some people don't want it because it sounds like it requires too much. You know what it requires? Your life. You do remember that he said, if you will save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you will lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you'll find it. Jesus made ridiculous promises like this. Listen to, listen to this verse. He said, there's not been any man ever that's laid down houses and lands and possessions for me and the kingdom. And they did not receive a hundredfold back in this life. He's not trying to take it from us. He's trying to see, can we, tr can we trust him with it? You hear what I'm saying? God will never release what's in his hand toward us unless we release what's in our hand toward him. That's how the kingdom functions. And we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. He's saying this is the lesson I want you to get from this parable. I'm I, he's saying, I'm giving you the word of the kingdom of God and now how it is responded to exposes the hearts of men and women. And I don't know about you, but God, I want to be good ground. God, I want to be the kind of heart that can hear whatever you say and even though I don't understand it all I bring my life into alignment with it because I want to do this your way I want to live life your way I want to raise my kids your way is there anybody with me this morning come on is there anybody with me this morning is there anybody with me this morning Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.